0: begin our meeting. I'm Cindy Darlin. I guess I should introduce myself. I'm Executive Director of Constitutional Texans for the Eastern Collin County, and we are so excited to have all of you here tonight. First of all, we're going to have our pledges, then we're going to sing the national anthem, if you would all rise for that, and then of course the prayer, Um, and then we'll get started with our very important work of getting to know these candidates and knowing who to vote for. So thank you very much. Pledges
1: please. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Texas pledge please. Honor the Texas flag. Pledge pledge allegiance to the Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible.
0: We are going to sing the national anthem. We are noteworthy. And um, I'll give, get Deanne to just mention a couple of things about us, if she'll come, because she's our fearless leader. <laughs> what that means, fearless leader. Uh, One thing, you might not want to try to sing it with us because it's a real unusual arrangement and you'll be singing a solo all by yourself. (laughs) So you might want to just think the words and listen, but but not sing. We are noteworthy. We're all senior women. We uh, have met through different venues, but we mostly got close during COVID because we started Zooming together and then we decided to start singing together. And we're very, very close friends, and we love our country, we love our God, we love each other. So here we go with the National Anthem.
2: Oh, say can you see, by the dawn's early light, What so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming. Whose stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare
3: Lord, and that they look to you for guidance, and uh, Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to come and hear from them, in your precious name, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you all. And now, without further ado, we're going to get started, because this is a very important election. We have some very important people here tonight that want to have you get to know them, so that you can make a great decision on who to vote for. So let me bring up the first four people I'll call you. If you'll come sit up here, please. Randy Johnson, Julia Schmoper, Debbie Lytle, and Chris Hill. What we're going to do is we're going to have six minutes to listen to each candidate. I wanted to have a genuine amount of time where you can get to know these people, I want you to notice how enthusiastic they are, how they're determined to do what's right for us, and I want you to be able to make the best judgment. And then after they get through with their six minutes, then Stephen Callis, who's the president of Constitutional Texans, will ask questions of the candidates, and then we'll bring up the other four candidates at that time. So oh hi. <laughs> uh, so we will we will start now and we're just gonna let y'all come come down. Julia?
2: Okay. You're on. Hello, good evening. Woohoo! Hi. My name is Julia Schmoker and I'm running for State Representative House District Sixty Seven. First off I am a patriot and not a politician. I know that many of you probably don't know who I am, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about who I am. I uh, live here in Princeton now, just north of the town. We've had a ranch just east of Blue Ridge for almost 50 years, but I grew up in Dallas. I went to Richardson High School, then I went to SMU, then I went to McGill in Montreal, and then I went to the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. That's my job. Uh, don't worry, they, they know. <laughs> but um, I have, uh, my degrees are in music education and those ladies did great. Uh, but then I did a 180 and I joined the army. In the military, I was a public affairs specialist and I served on a seabird mission, which is chemical, biological, radioactive, nuclear, environmental disaster. And luckily, nothing happened here. <laughs> so Here I am and I've been living all over the United States. I've lived all over Canada and Europe and I have seen the uh, ravages of communism. I studied abroad when I was young in uh, Czechoslovakia and East Germany. And I have lived with the shortcomings of socialism in Germany, Austria, Canada. But I've always come back to Texas and Texas knows how to do things right. Everywhere I've lived, there's always disaster, the economy's going poo-poo, but here in Texas, it's not. That's not to say that some people I know that they, they have suffered, but not in other places. Texas has a good economy. We've got a strong business ethic. But I see a lot of things changing, and that is why I'm here, because this is not the America I know. This is not the Texas that I know. We have a lot of people coming from the north, the south, the east, the west, and our borders have never been secure. They've never been secure. We need to get in there and get a governor who's going to be serious about securing the border. I support securing the border and legal immigration. But another thing that sticks to me is our property taxes going up. They're never going to go down. I don't think that property tax elimination is a pipe dream, and I'm, I'm going to make it a thing to happen. We need to own our property, not rent it. There are plans out there that we know Alan West is in favor of and Huffines. We know that it's not ideal, but what is ideal is owning your property. Second, uh, second, right, uh, second uh, Amendment for gun rights, I'm in favor of that. I think red flag, red flag laws are uh, a bad thing, being on a list is never good, but don't go after the <coughs> gun, go after the individual. And have you noticed that we've got a lot of carings going on of all ages? We have unstable people. When I was young, you could drive around in your pickup truck with a gun rack, with a rifle. People weren't acting like this. People have lost their minds. It's not an accident, it's by design. Who here has heard of social and emotional learning? Okay, I am a product of it. I had to sit in school and listen to that. But because I traveled so much and had that uh, wonderful communistic experience, I didn't buy into it. I am so glad. Um, Social and emotional learning is a lot of things, but one of the things it seeks to do is destabilize the individual. The powers that be are interested in destabilizing our families, our religion, our children. Um, who knows? I, I know that y'all probably have heard about the uh, books in in uh, Prosper. There were eighty-two books that had pornographic, and obscene material. Sexualization of the children is a big deal. Destabilizing. We have to have school choice. This problem isn't going to go away anytime soon. I love my my son. I love his teachers. He loves his teachers. But I don't know what's being taught. School choice, but for other people, maybe our district is great and awesome, and I hope that it is. I think that it is. But not everyone else is having that uh, that happen. Anyway, I am. I'm here, and I'm standing up. I. I'm standing up because I can't sit down anymore. Someone has to take a stand. And there have been people who have been neglecting their duties to us. And I'm standing against that. And it's scary, but I'm still standing. And I keep coming to places like this and I'm still standing and I'm still talking because I'm trying to fight for me and I'm trying to fight for you. I'm wanting to represent us. And I want to go down to Austin and represent us. Not some big pack, not some bizarre corporation. We're the corporation. I'm ready to listen to you. I've already heard you. I've seen you, and I know that you are upset, angry, and frustrated. I am too. So vote for me. Vote for Julia Schmoker, House District 67. Thank you. Thank
4: you. I uh, apologize, but my wife and I haven't been feeling all that great this week. <laughs> so if my voice uh, cracks up a little bit, sorry about that. Want this up a little bit? All right. Let let's see if I can... How's that? A little better? Um. Anyhow, so I'm, I'm here. My name is Jeff Lytle. I'm uh, speaking on behalf of my wife, Debbie Lytle. She's running for district clerk of Collin County. Um, and... Uh, just to give a little background on us, um, you know, we're, we're like a lot of y'all. We, we, we've just been sitting on the the couch on the sidelines watching what's going on with, with America. Uh, we're seeing America seems to be going off the rails and we're not happy. We're not happy at all. Just seeing the kind of things and, and, and Julia even spoke to a lot of the things that we're seeing in society today. That's just not right. And, um, you know, so we we are frustrated, uh, just ready to do something to make a difference out there. Uh, my wife and I, we prayed about it. We said, what is it that we can do? I don't know what we can do, but we're going to do something. Uh, so we jumped in the game, and we started block walking um, with our local elections. Uh, we, we live in Allen, and um, that, that really kind of opened my eyes when I started seeing – Some of the people that were already in on the uh, city council, on the school boards, that kind of thing, and the kind of agendas that they were promoting. Um, I felt like if it wasn't going to be us, who is it going to be? Nobody's stepping up. So uh, I was very glad to see my wife. She decided to, to step up and run for district clerk because she sees that she's uniquely qualified for the position. She has over 16 years experience in records management. She used to work with uh, National Institute of Health and uh, actually worked with some blue ribbon panel uh, uh, groups that would send their projects and and, and report up to Congress. Uh, She currently is the uh, records management officer for Plano ISD over all 90 plus (coughs) campuses and administrations. And uh, she's very, very well versed in in dealing with records management. And that's basically what the the district clerk's job is. Is they're the custodian of the record for the district courts. Um, They also deal with the jury uh, pools and uh, a a number of other functionality. Uh, One of which is uh, the passport offices, which have recently been uh, removed from Collin County, um, and, and that's one of the main things that uh, my wife is going to focus on, is getting those passport offices back in Cowan County. Um, it's it's over a million dollars of revenue that we lost uh, due to uh, improper uh, relationship there. Sorry, I'm not stepping up to the mic. Here. Um, anyhow so uh, why we're running I think is more of a personal reason is we feel like we just want to contribute back to America and do what we can do and um, you know we're we're here to just like a lot of you just frustrated and ready to to get America back on track and um, if if you could uh, come out and and give your vote for Debbie uh, Debbie for district clerk for Collin County. Uh, I appreciate your vote. Thank you very much.
5: Well, good evening, folks, and thank you for being here this evening. I'm Chris Hill. I serve as your Collin County judge. It's my privilege to be here with you, and I have destroyed the microphone apparently. <laughs> make sure that's working for you. I thank you for coming out. As, as candidates, as we as we make our way around the county, we sure appreciate seeing you come out and spend your time with us to get to know us and get to hear us, so thank you for that. Four years ago, when I ran for county judge for the first time, I made you a promise. I promised you that as your next county judge, I would continue to lead Collin County according to the fiscal discipline and the fiscally conservative principles that we enjoyed under our, my predecessor, Judge Self. And I'm proud to stand in front of you today to tell you that I kept my promise to you. Today, Collin County has adopted a, uh, has cut the tax rate, the property tax rate, 10 years in a row. And for the last six years, has adopted the effective tax rate. Now, I realize it gets down into the weeds, but let me just say this. For the average homeowner in Collin County today, you pay $650 in county property taxes. Now, I know when you pay your property tax bill, you pay it all at once, so sometimes that county part can get lost in there. But county property taxes have been $650 for the last six years, and I'm proud of that. The team that I serve Mm -hmm. with at Collin County is that we are going to continue to lead well with excellence and, and with a conservative focus here in Collin County, and I'm proud to tell you that we've done that. Today, Collin County has the number one lowest property tax rate among all 254 Texas counties and we provide some of the best services, most excellent services in the state of Texas at the county level. But four years ago when I ran for office, I also made you a promise that I would continue to lead as a conservative champion, just as I had done as a county commissioner. And I'm proud to tell you that I've kept that promise as well. Now, I didn't realize in 2018 when I ran for office that in 2020, all of us were gonna be tested according to those promises. But you know what happened in 2020. As Dallas County announced that they were going to close down, and as Tarrant County announced they were going to close down, and as Denton County announced they were going to shut down, folks looked to Collin County. And when it was my turn to stand in front of the microphones and announce the plans for Collin County, as your Collin County judge, I told all the reporters and all the media that every Texan is essential, that every business is essential, and that we were not in Collin County going to get into the business of deciding who had a right to work and who didn't have a right to work. (laughs) And I just felt from my core that that is not what you elected me to do, to decide and make lists of who gets to work and who doesn't. Because quite frankly, if the government can tell you you don't have a right to work, you've already lost your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So here in Collin County, we took a different approach. And again, I'm proud to tell you that I kept my promise to you, and I would be—it uh, would be my privilege and my pleasure to serve a second term as your Collin County judge. And I renew my promise to you today that if you elect me again, you will continue to see the same bold, courageous, conservative leadership that I've given you during this first term. I'm Chris Hill. Thank you very much, folks.
6: Good evening. My name is Randy Johnson. I am running to serve you as your next judge of Collin County Court at Law Number 5. And let me say, right off the bat, because I get this question all the time, are you running against Chris Hill? No, I am not. That would be foolish. It is a completely different job. It is a county court at law. It is a general jurisdiction court. Thank you for being here today, and thank you for this opportunity to speak. It is an honor and a privilege to have the opportunity to speak to you. I appreciate your time and your attention. And before I tell you a little bit about myself, I do want to say hello to my wife here, Kellyanne. If y'all have been poll breeders the last couple of elections, you would have seen her out there delivering snacks and water to the poll breeders. She understands how important it is for the grassroots and the people that get out and support us and how important the job is that you do and we really do appreciate that. Myself, I'm a fifth generation Texan. I've lived in Collin County since 1985. I grew up in North Dallas, went to Richardson Schools. I have lived here in Texas my whole life. I've practiced law for 37 years. I graduated from Texas Tech School of Law in 1984 and had the good fortune to go to work straight out of law school in the appellate section of the district attorney's office under Henry Wade. When I was growing up, if you'd asked me when I was four or five years old what do you want to be, I would have told you I want to be a lawyer, I want to work for Henry Wade, and someday I want to be a judge. Why would a four-year-old even think like that? Well, my grandfather was a bailiff. He happened to be the bailiff in the Jack Ruby trial, and we lived next door to him until I started school I was just enthralled. He would tell me stories about the courthouse, the judges, about working for Mr. Wade, and that was his dream for me. He got to see me as a prosecutor working for Mr. Wade, and he always wanted me to be a judge, and I hope to make that dream come true, too. Why do I want to be a judge? I truly feel that I'm called to do that. I felt I was called to be a lawyer. I spent my whole life representing people and defending our rights, As a first as a prosecutor, and then later uh, doing civil trial work, and then More recently, I've done some defense work, criminal defense work. This is a dual jurisdiction court, which means it hears both civil and criminal cases. The types of criminal cases that it hears are misdemeanor cases. It hears a lot of DWIs. It hears drug cases. It hears family violence cases. And about 80% of what this court does is, in fact, criminal. And my opponents will tell you, well, Randy does a lot of civil stuff. He doesn't do a lot of criminal stuff, and this is just a criminal court. Well, the fact of the matter is I do a lot of criminal, too. I'm up at the Collin County Courthouse almost every week handling criminal cases. And, yes, the bulk of what I do is civil, but I do both. And this is a court that needs to have someone who has experience in civil law as well as criminal law. This is a court that, until recently, the jurisdictional limits for the civil cases was $100,000. Not many folks know that's gone up to $250,000. What that means is with our exploding population is more people that used to file cases in district court are going to file civil cases in this court to take advantage of that higher uh, limit on damages and because a lot of folks feel that it's quicker and easier to try cases in county court. So that's why it's very important that we have someone in this position that knows civil and criminal. I had the good fortune to start out in the appellate section of the DA's office where I handled over 100 appeals before I ever tried a case. I got to see pretty much every kind of problem you can run into in court, the mistakes that are made, and the way to correct them. By the time I'd been attorney for two years, I used to get calls from the judges. Randy, what do we need to do with this evidence? They're trying to do this. What is the rule on this? Calls from prosecutors. That, made I think, makes me a better trial attorney. I am board certified in civil trial law, personal injury trial law, and workers' compensation law, there are less than I think a hundred attorneys out of the. I forget how many attorneys we have in Texas. I think it's 195,000. It's a lot. Um, there's less than a hundred that are triple board certified, and that's a, that's something I've earned. I'm also AV rated by the uh, Martindale-Hubbell, which is a rating from uh, a peer review rating, and it's the rating you get for the highest level of comp- of, of, of of professionalism, knowledge, and integrity. Uh, I. Very much appreciate y'all's time here. Um, look forward to visiting each and every one of you. People have asked me, what can you do to help me? Well, I want your prayers, your support. If you'd like to help me tonight, I've got neighbor-to-neighbor cards here that you can fill out and uh, send out. And if you'd like to pick those up, I'd love to give them to you. Uh, again, my name is Randy Johnson. I'm running for judge of Collin County Court of Law No. 5. It is, uh, my website is vote for Randy. voteforrandyforjudge.com. Thank you. Thank you for being okay. here.
0: Thank y'all so much now we're going to have questions so we'll go in the same order you'll come up and reverse pardon? Reverse. reverse. sorry we're going to do reverse um steven's in charge of this part of the program <laughs> so i did want to tell y'all something i'm a precinct chair here in princeton uh, joe cruz is a precinct chair here in princeton we are looking for people to volunteer we need people to go door knocking We need people to make phone calls. We need people to tell their neighbors about who to vote for and that there's an election because so many people in Princeton don't even know that. So there's a sign-up sheet in the back at the table for volunteers. If you're willing to volunteer, we would love you so much. (laughs) So please volunteer, we would just love that. All right, so we're going in reverse order. And I'm trying to give all the attention to the candidates, so here you go. You ready, Randy?
3: Randy, can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. All right. So being that you're running for judge, you really can't answer too many questions. So, question number one. Who would be your judicial hero or the person
6: you would model yourself after? Well, my judicial hero would be Antonin Scalia because he he never abandoned his core beliefs. He believed in strict construction of the Constitution. He believed in gun rights. He believed in personal rights. And um, I don't think you can find a better uh, model, but what he did was appellate law. And what I'm doing is trial law. So I would try to model myself after him in that I would – Keep my core values and base my decisions on the law as it's written and not le- litig- uh, legislate from the bench. Okay.
3: The next one is both easier and harder for you. Okay. Describe yourself in five words or less.
6: Hardworking. Is that two? That's two. <laughs> <laughs> Hard working, dedicated, um, knowledgeable. I know the law. And um, I believe in the rule of law. Thank you. You're released. I'm released. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I just want to a, a shout out for the precinct chairs. I've worked as a precinct chair, I worked with Stephen on the rules committee. They do a great job, and it's, it's wonderful what y'all do, and I appreciate your time. That's it? Thank you. you, got <laughs> thank out you. Easy. All
3: right, Chris, tell me. What are the core functions of county government?
5: So the county, your county level of government handles dozens of different, in fact, uh, many dozens of different responsibilities. But those things that we consider really the core, uh, most central to what we do, usually we think of, uh, law enforcement when we think of public safety and we think of the justice system those are really at the core of what we do the sheriff's office the county jail the county courthouse and the court system
3: no, that was too easy <laughs> <laughs>
4: all
3: right so give us your next terms three top priorities so
5: over the next four years of collin county we're going to continue to see dramatic growth we've seen it already for the last 10 years the census came out and the The population numbers here in Collin County rival uh, any county in in the United States, we're we're growing very quickly. We're going to continue to see that, and that puts significant pressure on all of our core systems here in the county, from transportation to public safety to to, uh, the justice system. The commissioner's court, the primary role of the commissioner's court is to work with all of the other elected officials that you put into office (laughs) to make sure that they have the resources they need to do their jobs with excellence for all of us and so uh, quite frankly i I like to think that one of my core functions as the county judge is the planning is the preparation is the looking ahead and making sure that we're ready for all that comes for us Uh, i didn't say this in my intro but i'm not an attorney i'm a cpa and i think that serves me well i came from the corporate world as a corporate accountant and i rely on that skill in this role as we grow as our population continues to expand it's going to be important for us to balance the growth in personnel, the growth in facilities, the growth in highway miles across the county, uh, doing that in a way that we can sustain our commitment to fiscal conservative principles. We can go out and spend all the money and do everything, but that's not what we want. We want to grow at the right pace to keep, that, to keep those balanced.
3: All right, Mr. Lytle, you get to step in for your wife. So why don't you tell us her three top priorities if she were to win?
4: Um, Again, I'm Jeff Lytle. I'm speaking on behalf of my wife, Debbie Lytle. Uh, She's running for district clerk of Collin County. And her top three priorities are, uh, number one, we would like to get the... All right, I'm going to do what Chris does here, sorry. Number one, we'd like to get the uh, passport offices back to Collin County. And, uh, all right. Uh, the next thing, too, is, is uh, we want to look at, uh, you know, seeing what kind of efficiencies we can gain in that office as far as, you know, that uh, Chris had spoke to the number of, uh, the, the growth that we've had in Collin County. So uh, we also have to look at, you know, how we're gonna manage that uh, department as we grow. So uh, that, that's another uh, uh, emphasis there. And really, the main thing is we wanna bring some integrity and accountability back to that office. Uh, quite honestly, uh, we've had some uh, problems there with, um, you know, people, um, I guess, ha- have lost some trust in the current district clerk there. As far as the employees and um, as, as far as, uh, I guess, showing up for work, that kind of thing. So uh, to let you know, my wife, uh, she is uh, a very hard worker and she is very accountable and um, she will, she wouldn't expect anything out of her employees that she wouldn't expect out of herself. Let's put it that way. So, uh, anyhow, those are the three main things.
3: Okay, next question.
1: Okay. Do you plan
3: on staying in Texas for the entirety of her term and actually going to work?
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I guess that's uh, a little more poignant there. Yes or no? Uh, yes, yes or no. So, yes, uh, we plan on staying in Texas. Uh, we we – uh, all, three, all three of our kids – we were born here in uh, Allen, and uh, we had a short uh, stint. I took a job back on the East Coast, and uh, we got back here as quick as we could. Uh, let me tell you, uh, we, we have no desire of leaving Texas, and uh, we plan on on uh, you know staying here. And, and as far as showing up for work, uh, that, that's absolutely—I think that's the main thing right there. So, all right, I appreciate it. And again. Debbie Lytle for District Club. I'm trying to get that set back up for you.
3: Come on. Julie, you won't get so lucky. Uh, as you may know, I got to moderate a debate a week or so ago with the uh, candidates for 61, so I'm gonna give you some of their questions. Okay. All right. So, first question in
2: five words or less describe the role of government. The role of government is primarily to protect our inalienable rights.
3: Done. Five words or less describe the Tenth Amendment. You're horrible. Uh
2: oh. Tell me the Tenth Amendment. I failed.
3: Does anybody want
7: to recite it? Powers not Delegated to the federal government, reserved to the states, respectively, or the people.
3: That was so fascinating.
7: One more time for it. Power is not delegated to the but, or, to the federal government. Reserved to Or reserved to the states, respectively, or the people. I'll be in that seat in a few minutes. could you have been in it now? No, no,
3: no. So we're going to give you a pass on that one. Okay,
2: give, give me a. Okay. Yeah, hit me again.
3: Number three five words or less describe SCOTUS, which stands for Supreme Court of the United States.
2: Well, we're fixing to get a new one, and uh, it's evidently not going to be based on quality, but maybe on color. Five words or less.
3: Five words or less? Respond to the phrase, build the wall.
2: Yes, build the wall now.
3: (laughs) Question number five. I'm going to give you more than five words. But the Supremacy Clause, how is it applied? And I'll, I'll make it even simpler. All federal laws are supreme to all state laws. Some federal laws. Are supreme to some state laws, or very few federal laws are supreme to state laws. So what you're asking me is In your opinion, the Supremacy Clause, how would you which one of those three best describes the function of the Supremacy Clause?
7: The last one.
3: Okay. Now we go to yes-no. Question number one. Do you believe Governor Abbott exceeded his constitutional authority? Yes, I do. Vaccine
2: men. Ma- one more. Oh.
3: Number two. Will you support full constitutional carry? Yes. Number three. Will you support replacing the Speaker of the House? Yes. Number four. Will you support allowing a referendum on a vote for Texas? Hmm. In case you're not aware, a referendum is non-binding and would take place in the Republican primary, and it gives the state legislature a way to hear what the people of the state think that vote in the Republican primary.
2: I would be curious to look, what would a text look like? but I would want to know, what would that actually look like? So, and what's going to ha- Oh, yes or no question, okay. I would.
3: Yes, okay. Number five, would you vote for a Speaker of the House that would place Democrats in committee chairmanships? No. Number six, would you fight to take back control of the Alamo? Yes. Very good. Thank you very much. You were released. Thank you.
0: What do you think? They did a great job. Can we have classic music so they can get back to their team? Thank y'all so very much, great job. (laughs) And now, we have dessert. We have the U.S. Congress. Guys, this is a big deal. I know, y'all know who Van Taylor is. And I know that you know about the faux pas he has committed. And I know that you know that we have four great candidates tonight. All four that are running against Van Taylor are here tonight in this room for you to get to know and you get to make a decision on who you love the best. I love them all. They're all great people. But I have to say, I did pick one that I love the most. And hopefully you will too because that's what it takes to vote. So let's go ahead and welcome them up, Suzanne, Keith, Ricky, and Jeremy. Come on up, please. I'm going to let them do the very same thing because I don't want to take any extra time that we have. We have to get out of here by 8.30, so I'm being very cautious with our time. So let's go, everybody.
3: We'll start from left to right. Six minutes each. Okay. You guys are going to keep me on time, right? He's the timer. The timer's right here. I'm going to soccer.
8: I've got one too. Uh, Let me know when you're ready. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Thank you to Miss Cindy Darlin', Joe Cruz, and. To everybody, you guys who've made a big commitment to be here tonight, we greatly appreciate it. Again, my name is Suzanne Hart, running for U.S. Congressional District 3, as everybody up here is. I'm a sixth-generation Texan on my mother's side, and my dad came to this country from Athens, Greece, after enduring the Second World War and the tyranny of communism. He taught the six of us kids to love and respect this country. He also taught us to be mindful of a government that oversteps its bounds. Those lessons in communism sound eerily similar to the gross government overreach we see coming from Washington today. And like most of you, I'm a God-fearing patriot and I don't want to be the generation that loses the republic. Over the last year, we have endured a fraudulent election, never-ending unconstitutional <coughs> mandates, gross government overspending, and the total abandonment of our citizens and allies in Afghanistan. What we need is a congresswoman willing to fight for our liberties and the Constitution. A congressman not afraid to go toe-to-toe with Nancy Pelosi or the establishment. A Washington outsider with a proven track record of solving complex problems. Currently, I'm the vice president of strategic accounts for an investment bank, specializing in mergers and acquisitions. With my background in building business, growing revenue, and negotiating contracts, I'm uniquely qualified to help us solve the problems of this district and our country. However, I am most proud of being married to Bill. We have our three kids here today. We're missing one; he's at home. We homeschooled and raised them right here in Collin County. I will bring solutions to border security, energy independence, a check on government spending, and a stop to those gross government mandates. With all that said, we have so many issues to cover tonight, both locally here, domestic, and of course, foreign. I want to invite all of you guys to look at our website, SuzanneForCongress.com, and also Facebook and Twitter. We're going to have a lot of meet and greets, so we can get more meaty into the details. But I'll jump into a couple of them tonight with you. Number one, I think we're all feeling the economy right now, and it is really disgusting. We have inflation up 7%, which we have not seen since Jimmy Carter. And like most of you guys, that was pretty painful on my family. I don't know about you. Reagan was a welcome fresh breath of air. So we're all praying for a Trump or a DeSantis, right, to stop the bleeding. And here's another solution we, should, we also should consider. The XL Keystone pipeline was shut down in Biden's early days, killing 16,000 jobs immediately, another 50 to 60,000 indirect jobs, 2.2 billion in wages. Energy, as you know, touches every single thing. From eggs that are up 28%, beef and pork also up 29%. I know I feel that because we have two growing boys at home who eat quite a bit of food. And our gas prices, $20 a gallon, sorry, $20 a tank every time we fill up more. So it's affecting me just like it's affecting you. And I don't know about even, I'm tired of Congress people going to Washington and legislating and putting in regulations that they don't themselves have to live underneath, like our mandates. Right now, I don't know if you guys know, but Congress does not have to have the jab. They can still go and work. But at the grill, the Capitol Grill Club, where they go and they have all their meetings, the waitresses have to get it, the staff, the management. We can't have two Americas anymore. And that's what the Democrats like us to do. They want to have – I think they've you know, ran the course of race for enough time. As you can imagine, we're having Lexit and also Brexit, those two individual groups coming on to the conservative platform because they've destroyed their families for too long. And so now they've found a new way to divide us through mandates. The next thing, which I think is really important I'd like to cover today, obviously is our border. is incredibly porous and under Trump it was secure. We were going in the right direction with the border wall. But now every state and every city is a border, is a um, border city and a border state because what Biden is doing is simply taking them from the border and shipping them to the interior, putting a huge strain on all of our social services, our schools, our hospitals, and the like. So we need to build the wall. We need to also reinforce all of the security at the border. And in my humblest opinion, if we can declare the cartel a terrorist organization, we can reappropriate those funds to support it even further. Again, those are just some of the, the I guess, the... Quick um, overview of some things I would k- take care of. But like most of you, you probably have read the poll that 72% of Americans think we're going in the wrong direction. So that includes both Democrat and Republican, by the way. So how are we going to fix it? Do you remember when we had the Tea Party movement and we were told that if you just send Republicans to Washington, we'll get rid of Obamacare? But we still have it. And the only thing we got rid of was the mandate. So right now, as all of us travel around to some of our 36 amazing grassroots clubs, we see conservatives coming from California, Colorado, Oregon, and the like, and they're saying we're fleeing to Texas, and it's our hope. But heck, when we got here, what's going on with the schools? What's going on with the border? Have we lost our mind? Where else are we going to go if we don't have Texas? You know, what are we going to go to Florida next? I mean, we might, right? So the solution is to make sure you send a true constitutional conservative to Washington. Now I know sweet Cindy has pointed out that the reason why you have so many, and the key point is why do you have so many people running against the incumbent right now, who supposedly has a great record? It's because we're trying to replace the right now. So again, Suzanne Hart for Congress, thank you for your time, and I'm so glad you guys came tonight.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Ricky Williams, and I'm also running for Congress to unseat to unseat Dan Taylor, uh, a, a Republican Rhino establishment, a member who uh, traveled off to Washington, D.C. and left us behind. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm the oldest of uh, five kids, born and raised in uh, in Oak Cliff, uh, from a, a blue collar family. My dad was a truck driver and uh, drove a drove an ice truck. Let's think of it. I uh, drove an ice truck uh, and I worked with him from the time I was in the, in the second grade. Uh, in fact Randy, uh, Henry Wade signed my hardship license uh, so I could get my hardship license when I was uh, 15, 15 years old so I could drive an ice truck down 635. I uh, worked uh, with my dad uh, from the time I was uh, from the second grade through high school. After high school I worked in the oil fields of North Louisiana as a roughneck uh, to put myself through college. I am not a politician. I am an educator. I've I've done everything from uh, started off as a classroom teacher, as a football coach, uh, high school principal, athletic director, and school superintendent. I currently work as a uh, as the uh, deputy executive executive director at Region 10 Education Service Center, which is the second largest education service center in the state of Texas. We serve over 900,000 students. Uh, We train principals, uh, teachers, um, all aspects of. Of the uh, of the uh, uh, school business, so um, I was uh, uh, I finished my coaching career at the largest high school in East Texas. I was very very fortunate to move right from the, right from the classroom into uh, campus ad- administration. Uh, give a little insight into this, some of the achievements that we accomplished uh, working as a team uh, from the from the from the teachers and the f- uh, full ad- administration. I inherited a campus that was on the state's PEG list. PEG is public education grant. What that means is, is that your, your, your state accountability scores were so low that students could leave your campus and transfer anywhere the, the, that they wanted to. Well, through through using conservative principles of hard work, personal responsibility, personal accountability, and pull yourself up by your own bootstrap, we turned that campus around within one year. We went from a low-performing a low campus to the state's second-highest-rated campus, which at the time was called a recognized campus. We did that two years in a row. The third year, we were an exemplary campus, which is the state's highest-rated campus, and we did that four years in a row. Keep in mind, all of that was not because of, of anything special, because there is no silver bullet in learning. Uh, there is no special program learning. We're always trying to find something new, something, something unique, but it's all about hard work. And we turned that campus around based on conservative principles. I then became a school superintendent and we used the very same principles as, uh, as we did at my campus. And within one year, every campus in the district was exemplary and the entire district was exemplary. And all of that is just based on conservative values, conservative principles. Um, so uh, why am I running for Congress? I'm running for Congress because we no longer have a conservative voice in Collin County. Van Taylor turned his back on us. The year was 2020, or in the year 2020, uh, when when, uh, Seattle was being burned, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin was being burned down, um, Portland, Oregon was being burned, statues and monuments were being toppled, Uh, Antifa and BLM uh, were destroying this country Our congressman said nothing. Van Taylor says nothing about everything. He does not stand up for us. He does not stand for our conservative values. And not only that, uh, during that fraudulent election that put an illegitimate president in office, Van Taylor certified Joe Biden. Not only did he certify Joe Biden, he legitimized that election uh, in, in his own eyes. Uh, He can't gaslight us. We know that that election was stolen. But once again, he turned his back on us. He is not representing us. When he voted for the January 6th Commission and then voted to to take those statues and monuments down out of the Capitol, the end result is, is the very same thing that what BLM and Antifa did. They took down monuments by pulling them down, but he voted to take down those monuments. He does not represent us. He does not represent me and that's why I'm running for Congress, to to be your conservative voice in Washington, D.C. So, Patriots, I need you to join me uh, to get (coughs) Dan Taylor out of office. Thank you.
9: Well, good evening. My name is uh, Keith Self. I, like everyone up here, I'm running for the 3rd U.S. Congressional District. Um, I was in the Army for 25 years. I was your county judge, predecessor to Chris Hill for another 12. But we're running for the 3rd Congressional District. And I want to discuss, everyone up here is running for the title of U.S. Representative. That's the title of our job. Our job is to represent you. Now I see some military folks in the audience and I will tell you the military really understands who we represent. There's a hat back there from Desert Storm and Iraqi Freedom. Uh, on my lapel I wear a couple of things that represent what I represented for you. My master parachutist wings, and the one above that is what we call the triple canopy pin. Uh, the Special Forces Green Beret tab is on top, followed by the Ranger, followed by the Airborne, and then the, then the Special Forces patch. I wore that on my left sleeve. On my right sleeve, I wore a combat patch from the 82nd Airborne Division. Also on my right sleeve, I wore the U.S. flag when I was overseas. We are running to be your representatives. that's the job i don't think and i will tell you a story about a state level official when i said there were four of us challenging the incumbent man taylor he said "Hmm, that's a clue and it is i'm running i want to emphasize the first mission obviously is to defeat the incumbent because the second mission won't happen if you don't accomplish the first. The second mission I want to emphasize is I am going to take a stand against the moral insanity in our nation. I've got a list that's uh, well over a dozen long. Right at the top is gender modification, chemical or physical. Men and women's sports, men and women's bathrooms. I have to tell you, we worked for years in this country to develop Title IX so that women's sports would have equal footing. We have destroyed Title IX in one year. That is moral insanity. Then move beyond those few to the weaponization of the federal government. That is not the mission of the federal government. and It is moral insanity for them to call us domestic terrorists when we stand up for our children. It's moral insanity. We can go on down to the border. Let me tell you, when you go to the border with Joe Cruz, as I did in September, you'll learn a lot. The guy was a New York cop for a while. He understands what's happening down there. He's a great guide. Uh, we had some great uh, people show us the border. It's moral insanity what's happening on the southern border, folks. The human trafficking, the sex trafficking, the illegal drugs, to include extremely dangerous fentanyl, manufactured in China, coming across the southern border. It's moral insanity. So the things that catch our attention, most are moral insanity in our nation. How about our election integrity? Folks, if we don't get a handle on our election integrity, it doesn't matter who's up here, who's running for office. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Everyone in this room would be irrelevant if we don't get a handle on our election integrity. This is serious business, because most people we talk to say, well, Washington is lost, we've got to concentrate on the state. Folks, I don't think Washington is lost. If we send a person, and I'll to just tell you one story about representing you. The commissioner's court had eight hours of testimony when we reformed the pension plan, eight hours. Most of the private citizens, almost to a person, were on the side of what we were doing. Do it. We need the reform. We must have the reform. And yet for eight hours, we sat there and listened to our citizens, and then we made the reform. That's the kind of person you need to send to Washington because it is a swamp, folks. But my second mission after defeating the incumbent is the moral insanity in this country. We've got to put God back in the square. We've got to have revival in this country. And I will be a voice for exactly that. Thank you very much. Peace out.
7: Okay, that's a tough act to follow by everyone. Um, Alrighty, folks. Uh, thanks for allowing me to speak tonight. Uh, my name is Jeremy Ovinoski and I'm running for the Congressional 3rd District. I'm gonna put this out there right now, I'm not an orator, Uh, I'm just a citizen uh, hoping to stand up for the Constitution. So my biography really quick, I was born in Dallas, I was raised in Plano. In 1983, as a kindergartner in Plano, Lee Greenwood's uh, God Bless the United States, or God Bless the USA came out, and I knew at a young age those lyrics uh, meant a lot to me and the significance of those lyrics. In 1995, I wrote my high school senior paper at Plano East Senior High on Orwell's 1984, never imagining I'd ever be living it. So when I filed, we all four had to go down to Austin to file, and once it was transmitted to the Texas Secretary of State, it became a public record. Once it became official, folks came out of the woodwork, including the morning news, people I hadn't talked to in a long time, and they asked me what my platform was. And I told them, Very simply, the platform is the Constitution. And they looked at me bewildered, puzzled, and like they were hungry for more, and I simply said the Constitution. That's it, all of it. The articles, the statute, or the sections, the clauses, the preamble, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, all of it. Folks, I'm not gonna paint visions of grandeur and say I hung the moon and I can walk on water. My platform is very simple. I stick to the Constitution. The primary responsibility of any political elected official is to protect our rights. Everyone in this room knows that's not happening. In January of 2020, I told everyone I knew this was the planned takedown of the United States. So getting back to the primary responsibility of an elected official, that's in Article 6, Clause 3, which states representatives shall be bound by oath or affirmation support the Constitution let's bring back the uh, voice of the citizens a government by the people for the people and stop the backroom shady payoffs with globalists and career politicians transition here with the Constitution in hand we need to defend the first and second amendment secure our elections with a full forensic audit we can put an end to this tyranny, securing the border, minimizing or ending child sex trafficking, and more importantly, we need to stop killing the babies. Some of us attended the uh, Laura Trump event in Allen last night, and she made reference to this. This is good versus evil, folks. Um, I'm going to give you a little personal testimony right quick. Um, I'm a 21-year flight attendant with a large airline here in North Texas. For 13 of those years, I served as a Texas peace officer, and I swore an oath to protect, preserve, and defend that constitution. And I applied that constitution on every single citizen interaction, traffic stop, warrant service, call for service, prisoner transport, and even bailiffing the justice of the peace court. Folks, the illegal tyranny saturating our country has a remedy. It's in my hand, we just need to protect and defend it. The forefathers paid a costly price on our behalf so long ago. Is it still working? i got a question for everybody. Are we going to stand by and allow our freedoms and rich heritage to be taken away in yet another stolen local election? It's time to get our third district back into the Constitutional Rehab Center. And get us on the right course. If elected to Congress, I will push or champion a full repeal of the 1934 National Firearms Act, as it's unconstitutional. I'll fight for the preservation of rights for each individual citizen to remain sovereign. And I'll continue fighting and speaking for those who cannot within themselves. Stop killing the children and the babies. How can God bless a nation of murderers? Today's a day of choice, folks. Choose wisely. Use discernment because what we decide today will affect generations to come long after we're gone. Make no mistake, we're in this position today because of weak and corrupt people. I lost my train of thought. Anyway, my qualification for Congress is um, the Constitution. President Trump has said that any elected official that believes the 2020 election wasn't stolen is either stupid or very corrupt. All right. To quote President Trump again, this isn't just another four-year or two-year election. This is a crossroads in the civilization of our society, whether or not we take our government back. My name is Jeremy Ivanowski. I know I'm not a good public speaker, but I'm getting better because I keep doing these things. (laughs) Anyway, I'm asking for your prayers, your vote, and your support. Uh, We can do this together and make America great again. Help support me today and know your vote won't be wasted on me. Thank you again for coming out and making me feel at home. The best is yet to come in Trump one.
2: Thank
3: you. (laughs) Stand up go ahead and sit, or you can stand when talk. It's fine. We'll start this way, sure. and then go back. So we have two easy questions, or at least I think they are, and then four questions that will hopefully bring about some distinctions. I'm going to ask for a yes or a no, and if you need, I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds to explain your answer, feel free. So, when you answer, pass, and then pass back. Okay. Would you have voted to certify the election?
9: No. No. The state legislators asked for 10 days to simply review their electors. No. No.
3: No. Question number two. Would you have voted to investigate the January 6th incident? No.
1: No, i would shut it down. <laughs> Sorry. No, I would not.
7: No, I would not. No, I wouldn't. Especially knowing that there was inf- FBI infiltrators, right, Epps, um, corrupt Capitol Police officers that put the barricades down and let people in, and there were provocateurs in the, uh, in the crowd.
3: Okay. First question that will hopefully get some division since you're all so similar. As you may know, we're involved in several wars that were never declared. So instead of doing that, a former congressman once recommended that we use the idea of issuing a marquee and reprisal letter. Would you support using that as opposed to getting involved in another undeclared war?
7: I believe marquees, marks of, or letters of marquee are mentioned in the Constitution, and in order to go to war, Congress shall declare war. So, like President Trump, I was against the Iraq invasion. But I finish the question? Okay, next.
3: You didn't say yes or no, but I think we got the gist.
7: I'm against, uh, I'm an isolationist. Uh, we don't need to be meddling in the affairs of others. So,
3: would you use letters of marquee reprisal when dealing with terrorists or something that doesn't require a war or a undeclared war?
7: Man, I hope I don't hang myself on this. I'm going to say yes.
9: I don't think that's the answer, but I will say yes. It's not. It's not what I would prefer.
1: I'd say yes. I would say yes. And just like Jeremy, I'm not. Uh, I'm not an advocate of going into uh, someone else's country. Uh, uh, and I was on the favor either of going into um, Iraq uh, under under false pretenses. I don't think we need. I think we can uh, uh, support Ukraine. I don't think we need to be um, uh, sending our military into, uh, into that country uh, and risking our, our, our son's lives.
8: I would say yes. So I'm going to bring something a little bit home to you guys. My children brought it to my attention. Of course, I already knew it. Their whole life, the only thing they've known is war. And so I remember when Blake and Haley were really little and the planes hit the World Trade Center. And they were probably too little to remember that. But that generation is tired of it. They're really, really tired of it. We need to reinforce our values as Americans, reinforce America first values, so that, as Laura Trump said, if we don't start teaching them the right way, they will not fight for our country later. Right. 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 Right.
3: right. Question number four Would you support auditing the Federal Reserve?
7: Yes.
9: I'm an MA, did I tell you all that? <laughs> Yes. As a minimum, yes. Uh, yes. Audit the Federal
7: Reserve. Audit the Federal Reserve. Full repeal of the 16th Amendment. Bring back a gold back standard to the money supply. You guys are constitutionalists. I can keep going.
3: I think you used your time. <laughs> okay. Next one. Hopefully we'll get a little different answer at this time. Would you support repealing the Patriot Act?
7: Yes. Can I... Uh, t- 20 to 30
3: seconds, to expand.
7: Yes, because it was jammed down Congress's throat. They didn't even read the bill. Right. I'm trying to... Yeah.
9: Yes. It's like many bills. Uh, it... It... Had a good intention, but it has been corrupted and used now against American citizens, as opposed to why it was We were originally told that it was passed.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with Keith. Uh, the uh, I, I think when it was uh, first passed, uh, we felt like that, that was necessary to to have our uh, different uh, agencies being more more coordinated. Uh, but they have turned the those agencies uh, against the uh, citizens. Uh, And so, yes, I would be totally in favor of that. Yes. sorry.
8: Yes, I'm totally in favor of um, repealing the Patriot Act. So some of our founding fathers said, you know, a good law can be judged whether it is uh, still good, whether you have a good leader or a bad leader. So the Patriot Act has proved to be a bad piece of legislation. We we are now weaponizing the DOJ against against our parents and our patriots. So, yes, I would agree to that.
3: All right. Maybe we'll get a different answer. (laughs) Okay. There was a court case where the Supreme Court determined that if there were to be a state that would like to leave the union at some point in the future, that Congress has to go along with that. So the question is, if Texas were to pass a Texas and you were still in Congress, would you... Allow or vote to allow that to occur. So that—that's
8: very tempting. And to be honest with you, you know, we thought about what would it be like if Texas stood on their own for a long time. And then I heard um, Trevor Loudon very wisely, I think, say something, and it brought it to my attention. If Texas were to go by itself, we could very easily be picked off. Here's why. My, my cousins will tell you in Canada we have Chinese troops. Our southern border is very porous. California and New, and New York are crazy. So where does that leave Texas? That means our supply chain would be cut down almost immediately, and we would be picked off very, very quickly. And then we also have in um, our Gulf, we have Cuba, who is Chinese troops there. So you have no, no way of getting any goods through the Gulf of Mexico. So I'm, unfortunately, not for it.
1: It's hard. Good question, Steven. Um, We were our country at one time, uh, and so uh, I think think that we could hold our own. Uh, I would be in favor of Texas being its own country.
9: No, because uh, Texas, I, I like Texas as a negotiating tool. I think we ought to continue to push that as a concept At the end of the day, though, we Texas leads the conservative states. If Texas leaves the conservative states, we lose. We might be successful, but the rest of the United States would not be because there would be no leader of the conservative states.
7: Excuse me. I would have to say I need um, I need to take. There you go. Okay. So the court case. Can you hear me? Just talk loud. Can you hear me? Okay. I think the court case that readmitted Texas to the uh, Union was White versus Texas, 1868. Um, I would have to look over the particulars of that. I believe in the Texas Constitution, it allows the state to secede. So that would probably fall under a state's rights issue, and I would have to get more information and let the state's attorneys general battle it with the DOJ and Congress. But I know it's, I went to the Texas event. And I believe it's uh, allowed in the Texas Constitution. Okay. yeah, all right.
3: Number seven, the 17th Amendment, in case you don't know, is the one that changed how senators were put in place for the individual states. Prior to the 17th Amendment, the legislature determined who the two senators were to go represent in Congress DC then we changed it so that it would be a popular vote and that's been so great but there's talk of p- potentially repealing it would you support repealing the 17th amendment to return the appointment of senators to the state legislatures
7: I would because we end up with um, corrupt career senators that need to go I can think of several rhinos <coughs>
9: Absolutely. This is – we could do without the convention – the Article 5 Convention of States if we do one simple thing. Repeal the 17th Amendment. The U.S. Senators come back under the control of the state legislatures and we once again have a, a statewide voice, a state voice in the Congress. This is vitally important, folks. It's not a simple question. We don't need a convention of states if we simply repeal the Seventeenth Amendment.
1: So your question, Stephen, is: is uh, do we do we keep a popular vote for the senators or let the state legislatures?
3: Or revert back to the state legislature?
1: Uh, I w- I would I would uh, remain uh, in favor of a popular vote.
8: I would be in favor of repealing it to give our states more control. And I think that that would solve the problem of the previous question. Um, our founding fathers were very, very smart men, and without that checks and balance, now we do have many senators that are so difficult to get rid of. And if you have state legislators, you have now a whole another body that can put checks and balances on rhinos that stay there for twenty to twenty-five years. Thank you. Right.
3: Well, fortunately, somebody else brought up another issue that might be interesting. Would you support a convention of states? Yes, no, or 10 to 15 seconds perhaps, why or why not?
8: So in theory, it sounds good to have a convention of states. And as long as you're not negotiating with crazies like Nancy Pelosi, AOC, or the like, what I don't want to renegotiate or rehash is the freedom of speech, the the freedom to bear arms, and all the like. What I have heard is a very good argument, is you imagine a bucket where all your freedoms are inside the bucket. And if you go and you're going to have another convention over it, you're going to renegotiate all of those rights, which obviously our revolution took care of.
1: I would be in favor of a uh, country of and the reason is that our federal government uh, continues to, to exceed its power. Uh, the, the, the power comes from people through the state to our federal government. Uh, and I think we've got to uh, curtail the ever-encroaching influence and power of our federal government.
9: There are both liberals and conservatives, very conservative conservatives, on both sides of this issue. Uh, this is a, an issue, and I fall to the side of I don't trust the Convention of States, and I've heard all the arguments that people say it would be controlled and 30, the, the, the states would have control over what was discussed in it. If we don't follow the Constitution today, why would we follow the Constitution in the conventional, uh, Convention of States? I think that it is dangerous. But we ought to keep talking about it.
7: Judge Self brought up a good point. Uh, he doesn't trust the Con- Convention of States, but it is in the Constitution. We have to stick to the Constitution, but we need to flush out the corrupt politicians at the state level. That's
3: right. Okay, last question. It's kind of not fair because you already answered it.
7: Oh, so it's a freebie, right? Yes. Or I get in A? Or...
3: Would you support the repeal of the NFA, which is the National Firearms Act?
7: Oh, well, I'll be championing it if you send me to Washington, folks. I mean does everybody clear on the nfa the 1934 national firearms act it's what banned the thompson machine guns and the importation and the transportation and all that so now when you get a class three weapon you have to get a 200 tax stamp from atf and it takes you like 10 months to get your legally owned uh firearm so yeah
9: i one of the democrats i think it was uh, biden said uh, there's no way we'll ever have a revolution in this country again because we can't we no one will ever match the military uh, this is one of the reasons we'll never match the military absolutely
1: so the answer is yes I'll tell you what I'm uh, always impressed with, uh, with Jeremy he's like a, a college prof here yes mainly because it, it would make, it make my
8: children very happy that they could add to their arsenal
3: okay. um but I'm not, but yes, I would. That is the uh, conclusion of my questions. Uh, Ms. Cindy Darling is going to take back over. Thank
0: you. all. Please, please honor them and give them applause. They did such a fantastic job. Thank you all so very much. Thank you for your honoring them. So much. And I appreciate all of you coming to listen. I appreciate all of you candidates coming to enlighten us. This is critical. We have got to take our city back, our country back. We've got to take the United States back. And these people, these patriots that are coming forward are working really hard to get you to know them so that you can trust them, so they can go and fight. We need fighters. And so please empower them. In just a few minutes, I'm going to ask them to go back to their tables for just a couple minutes so that you can go back and talk to them, congratulate them, hug them, whatever you want to do. Just encourage them, if you will. If you can help, remember we have the sign-up sheet in the back for volunteering. We would really love that. I do have a giveaway. And my sweet husband, husband Rick, would you stand up? Thank you. He's the greatest. He's the wind beneath my wings. He bought ten of these. (laughs) And so I thought I would give, give two away tonight. So I'm going to ask Callie to come up and draw. Oops. <laughs> All right, dig down and grab one. This one, there you go. All right. He self. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you, <laughs> God. One more, here we go. That oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sin? Sin Bethel? Steve is on stage. Would you please give him a great big round of applause for <laughs> the great job he's <laughs> doing? You're amazing. We love you. Thank you so much. I don't know what candidates do right now. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to conclude by God Bless America. So if you would all stand, please. Callie Bittner is a voice student of mine. I teach voice and piano. And she is amazing. So she is going to sing... God bless America and ask you to join her as she sings.
1: from the
0: mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans, white with
2: them how special and wonderful they are and um, I'll see you again next month we do this once a month